Welcome and greetings, career-minded superstars. You are listening to the exclusive Career Coach, your podcast for all things career. And I'm Lisa Edwards, the indispensable career coach for superstars just like you. Now let's dig into this week's topic, shall we? Greetings. How are you today? How's your fall treating you? So we are in the second 100 episodes of the Exclusive Career Coach. Super excited to be here with you and to have a podcast that is thriving on episode number 101. We're not aware of anybody, any other podcast out of Tallahassee that can say they have 100 episodes. So we're really excited about that. Today we're talking about volunteering as a strategy for developing your career. So I wanted to give you sort of a primer, if you will, on kind of ways to volunteer, the benefits of volunteering, sort of hitting this from a number of different angles. So here's a definition of volunteering I found. So volunteering is generally considered an altruistic activity where an individual or group provides services for no financial or social gain to benefit another person, group, or organization. And then it says many volunteers are specifically trained in the areas they work, such as medicine, education, or emergency rescue. And we're going to kind of touch a little bit further on that. So I thought a good place to start would be to define the types of volunteering experiences available. So I found a site called gooverseas.com. So obviously their perspective is overseas volunteer experiences, but I wanted to parallel that. I thought that a lot of what they said was useful for those of you who want to volunteer in your local community. And then I've added kind of a piece to each of these to make it more relevant for those of you that just want to, again, volunteer in your local community. So the first type is short-term volunteer programs, which they're defining as a week to three months. So in a short-term volunteer program, Volunteers provide service to a community on a short-term basis and or focus on the cultural learning experience. And these programs can be for-profit or not-for-profit. So the way they're defining short-term volunteer, again, one week to three months, generally do not require you to have any kind of specific educational or professional qualifications and are the most common types of overseas volunteering programs available. It's also very common for local. So the biggest disadvantage overseas to a short-term volunteering is that you may be kind of gap-filling, meaning that you may not have the opportunity to see much of a of an impact in the work that you do. You're kind of filling a gap between people who are there doing long-term um, projects. So I wanted to bring that down to the local level. So what are some examples of this type of volunteering, the short-term? So you might help out with a local arts festival or event or usher at a concert or help to manage like a 5K race or some other kind of athletic event that's maybe a fundraiser for something. So the common theme with all of those local events is that they are kind of short-term contained sorts of events. And so that, that to me is kind of the local equivalent of a short-term volunteer experience. The second type of experience is long-term volunteer programs. And the focus on these is for empowering people. So again, if we think about the, the overseas experience, you're going to be transferring skills. And so you may need to have specific educational or professional qualifications like in medicine or education or something like that. Generally, long-term volunteer programs are with non-for-profit organizations. They will require you, again, to have that specific education or professional quali uh, qualifications 
or provide training to support volunteers in developing the requisite skills. So it's more of a, there are more prerequisites involved in these long-term experiences than in the short term. And it usually involves the transfer of required skills or knowledges to individuals and groups over a longer period of time. So here we're talking about at least six months. The primary advantage of these kinds of experiences overseas is that you get to work very closely with the local people on a more long-term issue. So you get to see kind of an impact on something kind of big and difficult. The disadvantage is because it is a long-term project, it may take a long time for the results of the program to become visible. So what are those local examples of long-term? This is where you're like, so a couple examples, serving as a foster dog or cat, cat parent. So you are maybe associated with your local shelter, or in the case that I was involved with, it was a local foster organization and I was a foster dog parent for a year. Um, with different dogs, but I was associated with the group for a year. Maybe you're building houses with Habitat for Humanity. So rather than, you know, baby being part of a, a group that comes in one weekend to help with a house, you have committed long term to work with Habitat for Humanity. Or maybe you're a guardian ad litem for children who are in the court system. So you are an advocate for children who maybe their parents are incarcerated or for whatever reason the children are involved in the court system. The third type of experience that is mentioned on GoOverseas.com is conservation volunteer programs. So these are going to be obviously involved with conservation and environment uh, work in the field. So these tend to be, again, focused on environmental issues. And this could be a local scale or a global scale. So this could be something that, again, you're doing in your backyard, but it could also be something you're doing in Africa or Asia or somewhere. It can involve working with things like endangered animals, threatened environments, and that could be land or ocean, or with organic or sustainable farming projects. And it's generally a very hands-on kind of experience. And so you're really going to see hands-on global conservation, uh, what the challenges are and how they're being dealt with. So an advantage of these kind of experiences that they're often really results oriented. So it's pretty easy for you to kind of see and measure the impact that your project is having. Now, the downside of this is that it that change isn't always welcome. And so these volunteers can face hostility from local people, uh, local agencies, and there can be the kind of tension between the destruction of environmental resources and the need for economic development. In terms of local opportunities for volunteering with conservation groups, what I want you to do is think about your specific skill set, conservation-related passion. So are you more involved in, say, clean water, or is does it have something to do with animals, and what specifically? And then what's your availability? So is your availability, you know, just, I, I've got, you know, Saturday mornings is what I can spend, or do you have the ability to take a six-month project overseas. Would you maybe be available to clean up a stream on a Saturday? Would you like to maybe, you know, work on removal of an invasive plant species? You know, is there something you can do with recycling efforts in your community? So that's really the case with all of these is finding that intersection between your passion, your, um, your skill set, your availability, and your goals. We're going to talk a little bit more about that in a moment. The fourth type of volunteer work that is mentioned on GoOverseas.com is relief emergency programs. And this is where you are working on emergency situations. So this could be, you know, hurricanes, tornadoes, 
uh, earthquakes, volcanoes, any of those kind of things, or it could be conflicts. And these projects are usually kind of short notice. If you think of kind of FEMA, they're getting their, you know, marshalling troops together really quickly. And they concentrate typically on basic needs. So what is the, what are the supplies that they need? Do they have food, water, medication, sanitation, shelter? And many of these kind of jobs require specific qualifications. So, and, and relative ex, and relevant experience. So you may need to have certain kind of engineering experience or medical experience. So you typically are going to work in disaster areas with these and you're going to help with people who need it most. These tend to be very hands-on kind of volunteer experiences. You have to be able to adapt to kind of immediate needs and be available for immediate needs for this kind of a thing because again the the very nature of an emergency is that it's not planned. You know, taking care of the aftermath of an emergency, or it can also be in the forward planning for future disasters. So something is happening in a certain part of the world, either um, in terms of a potential conflict or a potential natural disaster, and they're preparing for it. Biggest advantage of this kind of volunteering is that it's really obvious to see the help that you're providing, and you can kind of measure that impact on a daily basis. One of the biggest disadvantages of this is that the the emotional and stress toll that it can take on you on a personal level. And so oftentimes the volunteer organizations like FEMA are providing support to the volunteers to manage the stress and manage the, the emotional toll. So if we take this down to the local level, so this to me this means kind of one of two things. Either you live in an area that has had or is expected to have some sort of disaster. So I live in Florida, right? So lots of areas around here, there's a at least a low level of disaster relief preparation going on for hurricane season, which we're kind of coming to the end of, but we are still in. The other kind of local um, way that this can this can manifest is that you are helping with local efforts for a disaster that's happened somewhere else. So if you think about coordinating, you know, the delivery of food or um, medical services or basic needs and you're helping to coordinate the transport of those or the collection of those, that's a way that you can help on a local level. So I want to add one more to what GoOverseas.com's list has given you with a more local viewpoint. So when you're volunteering in your community, you have the opportunity for something that you're, you're obviously not going to do across the, the, the globe, and that is kind of one-off or short-term volunteering. So when I thought about this, just for example, yesterday I was telling a friend that I was thinking of volunteering for the artist series here in Tallahassee. So they might want me to serve as an event usher or help take tickets or assist with parking. And so to me, the benefits of this kind of really one-off kind of experience is that you have an opportunity to interact with the people that you wanna make contact with. So depending on what your career goals are, are there certain leaders in the community and, and there are certain organizations, you know, for example, with our, my thought process with our artist series is that these are the kind of the captains of industry in Tallahassee. These are the leaders of these companies. They all have kind of subscriptions to the artist series. And so that would give me a chance to interact with them. 
and it's also an indirect way of supporting the arts in your community. So maybe you don't have the funds to give money to the arts, but by being a volunteer for the artist series or something else related to the arts in your area, you can help the arts. And the same thing would go with if sports was your passion or pets were your passion and you didn't have the money to give to these organizations, volunteering is an in-kind gift to these organizations. And then in the case of something like the artist series, or if you wanted to, you know, volunteer for a concert, you would have free access to high quality entertainment, which is not a bad thing. So what are the benefits beyond the altruism? So I, I want to talk about some that are specific to career advancement. And I've alluded to some of these, but I want to go into a little more detail. So first of all, you have the opportunity to get to know the other volunteers. So they presumably, if they're still working, they have a company that hires people. They know people. They live next to people. All those people are great sources of potential job opportunities. So you also have the opportunity to interact with those that are taking advantage of the volunteer services. So when I use the example of the artist series, that tends to be kind of the, you know, the upper echelon of the community that goes to those kinds of events. And I would, as a volunteer, I would have the opportunity to interact with those people. So depending on what it is that you're doing, really thinking as you kind of decide what volunteer organization you want to belong to, who will I interact with as part of that? Now, again, that's not your primary driver, but it is a factor. You also have the opportunity to develop career-related hard and soft skills. So whether that hard skill is, I want to I want to learn a little bit more about bookkeeping. So I'm going to see if I can't do some book management for this organization or soft skills like team player, you know, being a team player or leading a team or communication skills. You're going to be able to develop those from a different perspective than you would at your job. You also are demonstrating community engagement, and that's always going to look good on your resume, right? So you've got some volunteer community work that you can put on your resume on your LinkedIn profile. And you may be wanting to try on a different career before you make a long-term commitment to that career. So maybe uh, you want to try something out as a way to see if you're ready to make a career shift, if this, if this new career field is as interesting to you and as good a fit for you as you think it might be. And then finally, you can utilize a passion or an interest area that isn't being utilized at work. If I use the example of when I volunteered with the foster organization for a year, you know, in the work that I do, I don't have the opportunity to support animals and, and you know, finding homes for animals. It's not part of my, my business. And animals, in particular dogs, are a very strong passion of mine. So by meeting that need outside of work, it can actually make me more satisfied at work, right? So let's just say you love to get your hands dirty and the work that you do is in an office all day long. You're not getting your hands dirty at all. So by volunteering, let's say with the, the garden club and you have a chance to plant gardens around the community, that may meet a need in your kind of in your soul that then makes you better at that desk job that you do. So finally, let's talk about leveraging your volunteer experience. So here were some kind of tips that I came up with for how you can make the most of these experiences from a career perspective. So number one, you want to connect with everybody you meet through your volunteering via LinkedIn. So you want to take every advantage 
to get business cards, to connect with these people on LinkedIn, because then that becomes your virtual business card holder. That's your, that's your, what we had a Rolodex back in the day. This is your Rolodex, right? You've got track of these people on LinkedIn. Secondly, if the connection has seen you working. So if this is someone who has either witnessed you providing service or has been the recipient of your service, ask them for a recommendation on LinkedIn. So they have to be connected with you first. And if you don't know about recommendations on LinkedIn, I've got other podcast episodes where I've talked about that. You could look it up on LinkedIn and you can also look at my profile and you'll see, I think I looked at my, I was at my profile a couple days ago doing some training with a client and I think there's like 53 recommendations on there. LinkedIn recommends that you have three. These are people who can say what I know about her work habit, or this is what I know about his leadership skills, or this is how I saw him um, manage a project. That can be a really great tool for you to get a recommendation from those people while it's fresh on their mind. Another way to leverage your volunteer experience is to include your volunteer experiences on your resume and on your LinkedIn profile. So there's a section that you can add to your LinkedIn profile called volunteering or volunteer experiences, and you can put it in there. And then you can add a section at the bottom of your resume that says volunteering or community engagement or something like that. Next, I want you to talk to people. So all of these people that are volunteering alongside of you and the people that are, are receiving your services, other service providers that are involved in this project that you're doing, talk to them. Get them talking about their work. You want to be interested in what they do. Ask good questions. And you never know where those conversations can lead. And, and there's a saying that I try to live by. It says, "Be first be interested, then be interesting. Because most of us, we think we want to be interesting, right? Like we have to be super interesting. That's certainly, certainly my tendency. But what I want you to do first is to be interested in other people. So by talking to them, get them talking about themselves. That's a great way to do that. Next, as appropriate, schedule one-on-ones outside the volunteer venue. So, hey, can we get together for a cup of coffee and just see, you know, how we can help each other out or how we can support each other? Or I'd like to hear more about your job. Could you, could we have coffee together? So, you know, coffee, lunch date, something very, you know, easy to accept and, and not complicated, not, you know, nothing messy like a big dinner or anything like that. Don't come to my house. Let's just grab a cup of coffee together and talk. And, and with those calls or with those meetings, I want you to offer to help as much as you ask for help. So really be, again, listening to the other person and see how can I help them in their career? What is some advice that I can give them? Or can I just be a listening ear so that they will feel heard? Next, in terms of leveraging your volunteer experience, I want you to give it your best effort because here's the thing, a lot of times people who are not being paid treat the volunteer experience like they're not being paid. And I want you to give the same level of commitment and the same quality of work as you do your paid job. Again, if we're going to try to leverage this for your career goals, how are we going to do that if the work that you provide is not of the highest quality? Bottom line, volunteering should be first and foremost an altruistic act. So what I want you to do as you kind of think about the possibilities and look at several opportunities is what are my skills that I want to use? So those are, we call them motivated skills, meaning they're things that I'm really good at and I enjoy using. So that's one piece of it is the skill piece. 
And it can be skills that you have that you want to leverage. It can also be skills that you want to develop, right? So let's just take the example of leadership. Let's say that in your work, you don't get to be a leader yet. You're not in a leadership role and there are very few opportunities to show up as a leader. You're doing the best you can at work, but there's not much opportunity. How can you get into a volunteer experience that will allow you to really build those leadership skills more than you're able to do at work? So that's one piece of it is the skills. The second piece of it is your passion. So what is it that you love? And again, we get back to those causes. Is it animals? Is it the arts? Is it um, health care for everyone? Is it children? Is it elderly? It, you know, there's so many variations on a theme there. So what is it that you're passionate about? And then I would drill that down because to say animals, that could be everything from Heifer International where you're helping to supply cows to families in Africa you know, down to what I did as a foster parent of a dog here in Tallahassee. So really get clear about what within that big umbrella of healthcare or animals or the elderly is your passion. So that's the second piece is the passion. The third piece is the goal. So what do I want to get out of this experience? That's the third piece. It's not the first piece, but there is that piece of I would like to develop my leadership skills. I would like to get in front of more community leaders. I would like to, so one of my main goals for this volunteer that I'm considering doing here in Tallahassee would be to get out with more kind of people of my ilk, people who are well-educated, who are lovers of the arts, to meet those people because as a solo entrepreneur, I'm not running into them on a day-to-day -day basis in in my life and so I want to get into an, a venue where I can meet them so what is that goal that you have for this volunteer experience so I want you to look at several opportunities taking all these things into consideration and then ask questions about the organization do your homework ask questions about the leadership of the organization and then if it's possible to try it on for size so when I think about the foster group that I was involved with I decided because there was a there's a lot of them in Tallahassee and I decided on the one that I did decide on because they were they they hung out at the PetSmart closest to my home and I started just going up there and hanging out with them because I liked them so before I ever committed to being a, a foster parent I just went and hung with them on Saturdays and just sat there and I liked them so then you know if you can do that and it's not always possible but if you can kind of hang out with them and kind of get the vibe first and then once you've made the decision this is the group this is the volunteer experience that I want to engage in give it your best commit be all in and and give it your very best so that the excellence that you want to be known for in your career will shine through in this volunteering experience so I hope that's giving you some food for thought about volunteering. So whether that volunteering is halfway across the world or in your backyard, these tips will help you. As always, I want to be your career coach. The um, URL for my calendar is in the show notes. So if you'd like to schedule a call with me, what we're going to do in that call is talk about where you're at in your career right now and or your job search and where you want to go, where are the gaps, and I'm going to sort of prescribe what you're going to need to help you get to the next level. If I believe that we're a good fit for working together and we're both feeling it, that I'm going to show you what that looks like. And if not, 
we're going to part our ways and, and you're going to get my time for free. So no commitment, no hard pressure, no sell, but I'm here to serve. And so if, if you think that I can help you with that, please reach out to me via that URL. You can find me on LinkedIn at Lisa Edwards. That's L-E-S-A. You can find me on Instagram at Lisa.Edwards. You can find me on Facebook at The Exclusive Career Coach. And what have I left out? My email address is Lisa, L-E-S-A, at ExclusiveCareerCoaching.com. And I will see you next week. Take care. You've been listening to The Exclusive Career Coach with Lisa Edwards, CEO of Exclusive Career Coaching. It would be great if you would rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Also, I want to be your career coach, so be sure to ask questions about your career management challenges and job search situation. Until next time.